This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, Halflings. Jasper here. Uh, we have some patrons to thank before we get into this week's episode. So many new patrons. So much thanks to give. Jeremy, how many, uh, which, which patrons are you thanking? Who you, who you, uh... He's shouting out this week. Ooh, you know I'm thinking. You know I'm thinking. Donovan Panky. Hello. I'm thinking Christos Dukakis. Ooh. I'm thinking Adam. Ooh. I'm thinking Crafty Druid. That is one crafty, crafty druid. Mm, I'm thinking Daisy. Uh, if if mm. Daisy is the Daisy I think Daisy is, hey Daisy, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> and I'm but also not, thinking. Still, hey. Yeah. I'm also thinking Lada Bartova. Love that. Thank you very much. Inati, do you have some patrons to thank as well? Yeah, I do have some patrons to thank, actually. Yeah, I do. I'm going to thank. Yeah, I got them patrons. I'm going to thank Marquita Jones. I'm going to thank Ali Martinez. I'm going to thank Dungeon Mama. Ooh, Dungeon Mama. Oh, we love Dungeon Mama. Um, Mama. I'm going to thank Nancy Art Music. I'm going to thank Private with Little Foxy as their little avatar. I love the little foxies. They're so yeah. cute. They're and so cute in the Patreon. Yeah. And I'm going to thank Donovan Caputo. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. And then I, I feel have like Nancy Art Music some... should be, because of the periods, should be Nancy Art, Art. Art. Music. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and I also have some patrons to thank. I would Ooh. like to thank Wendy Charles, uh, Ryan Bossart, Kelsey Campbell, Ooh. Cassandra, Hell Joshua yeah. Johnson, DJ Ingr- Ingram. Damn. Oh, it's it's not Ke- DJ yeah. Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Ingram's better. Yeah, way um, better. Honestly, yeah, you. I prefer DJ Ingram to DJ Khaled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but thank you so much uh, for being new patrons. Yeah. And I hope thank that you, you enjoy so your time over on Whoa. our Patreon. Uh, if you haven't checked it out before, you should go and check it out. There's loads of really cool stuff on there. Um, and uh, speaking of, we're actually in the middle of thinking about how we can update and refresh and make our Patreon even better. So all of our patrons, uh, including all of those that we've just fa- thanked, would be really, really cool to find out what you uh, think of the Patreon and what things we could do better and uh, what maybe things you've seen elsewhere that you would like us to do maybe maybe and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do uh because it is uh we yeah we we love you guys and and we uh as uh, the way we, we fund the show so we exactly yeah. exactly so uh we thank Woo-hoo! you so much for your for your help and um yeah patrons are great should we get into this week's episode guys yeah i think we should i, I think okay. we definitely should yeah we let's definitely do it. should yeah we okay. absolutely okay i feel strongly about <clears throat> I don't know why. I feel like I've had a lot of milk or something today, and I just feel like I've got like a thing in my throat. And you know, honestly, this is funny. This is a little peek behind the screen. If this gets left in, uh, I genuinely have anxiety about the opening now because I feel like it's got ever so slightly bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes, it has. And like, I agree. And and like the the note sometimes gets a little high. 
and like I feel myself kind of being like, I don't want to, because I know, I don't think, I think it's fine, but I know as soon as I do one, hello, you will fucking destroy me. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And I'm I'm so scared. (laughs) I'm so scared of that moment happening to the point where like I really have to concentrate on it. Because it's not that I know, I can know I can hit it, but I just know if there's a tiniest wobble in that note, I know you will come off. I know you will come after me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I always get myself. I have to like psych myself up to do it. Like, just try. Just try and like rein it in and just go for like a straightforward like "Good morning Vietnam" type deal. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragons. <laughs> Full prince vibe. Woof. <laughs> Makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Hello, Hufflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... <laughs> Jeremy Cobb, but Chantrell Every calls me Cobbington Von Jamar. Whoa, Cobbington Von Jamar, holy cow. That's a that strong is, one. That's a strong one. That's like a character, you've got to make that a character and play it in a, in a session that we do. Mm. After I play, after I play Poochie Ratbag. After you play Poochie Ratbag, <laughs> give the people what they want, Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, halflings! It's just the two of us today. Uh, mm. We are going to be chatting. Um, we're going to be chatting later on about playing uh, mental ability scores. Mm-hmm. Um, how you can play them, different ways you can play them, and how just because you're high charisma doesn't mean you have to be the life and soul of the party, or just because you're super intelligent doesn't mean you have to be book smart. Uh, mm-hmm. There are loads and loads of different permutations as the way you can play mental stats, but. I thought Jeremy, or uh, Von, what is it? Von Cobbington Von J. Marr. So Cobbington. Cobbington Von J. Marr. I thought uh, you've been itching, nay, chomping at the bit uh, to, uh, to share with us a little tale from the table. Um, nice. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm sure people will love that in their ears. Uh, close up. Uh, oh yeah, actually, just before uh, yeah, before we go ahead in this episode, I will just give a little warning to everyone. It is just me and Jeremy this week, which means we will go wild. We just tried to record a mini-sode, and it took us two hours. <laughs> so we will go wildly off-piece, uh, and hopefully eventually Jade will cut together something that resembles a semi-regular episode of Three Black Halflings. But anyway, Jeremy, why don't you give us your tale from the table? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Okay, so this is continuing on from the game that I've spoken about several times it is the uh the gothic horror slash noir game that i've been Ooh. running uh, of which unati is a player unati was not here for this particular session uh or the sessions leading up to it so i will try and sum up essentially what led them to this point in the story uh actually I, without going into much detail essentially um there in fact i'll even just say it so there was there's a gothic horror uh novel Uh, that actually predates Dracula about a female vampire, uh, a lesbian female vampire, named Carmilla. 
Uh, it's written by Sheridan Le Fanu. Uh, it's he's uh, he's also famous for having written um, Green Tea. That's like his other famous short story that he wrote, which is mainly famous because it has a spectral demon monkey in it, uh, and that's just a great idea. But a spectral Car- demon monkey. That's yes, amazing. It's, it's fantastic. I, t- that's I very intend amazing. I intend to incorporate it in a future <laughs> session at some <laughs> point in a future story arc, uh, but. Uh, this this particular one, Carmilla, is a uh, uh, lesbian vampire. She's incredibly old, uh, but she looks like she's like 18. And mm. she essentially her and her guardian go around to various families. She falls in love with a young woman, preys upon her. The woman dies. They move on. She changes her name by essentially just rearranging the letters in her name. And mm. that's it. But her name is Carmilla Karnstein. Uh, and she's like also goes by Milarka and Mirkala. I think her original name was like Milarka or Mirkala, but both of those are just mm. rearranged uh, letters yeah. of... Yeah. Anyway, um, I had basically had a version of Carmilla show up named Sheridan Karnstein. Uh, mm. So Sheridan, the author of the book, and then Karnstein, Carmilla's actual surname. Mm. And uh, she had been bouncing around the city, uh, and each time she popped up in a new spot, she would change her name. So she used to work at a newspaper where she was known as Erin Deshay, and like her middle name was Stringkern. And then eventually she will fall in love with some of one of the employees there, uh, and of course begin feeding upon that employee, and then mm-hmm. the employee dies, and she moves moves on. Uh, sure. But in D&D, when you are killed by a vampire, you don't just stay dead. You yeah, become a vampire spawn. Yeah. And so when she leaves, she usually like leaves orders for the vampire spawn to just survive. And... So, uh, my buddy Ryan, who's a friend of the show, he's guested on the show once. He has. Uh, he, he, uh, his character was hired by, uh, Laura, who's, Laura's the name of the protagonist from Carmilla. In this version, Laura lost and died, <laughs> but he was hired by Laura's mother, uh, to investigate Laura's death because people thought it was like some disease that she had, but the mom's mm. like, nah, based on the circumstances, I think there's foul play. And they, this investigation had led him to a point where he's like, it was clear that there, this, this person, this other, this Aaron Deshay that she was involved with, there mm. was something fishy about her and there seemed to be a pattern of Aaron Deshay having popped up in other places under different names. And mm. so in mm. order to find out more about Aaron, they're like, cool, we're going to use the spell Speak With Dead, but in order for that, we need the body. So we need to go to Laura's grave, exhume her, and take Oof. her head to a, a person who can cast Speak With Dead. But rather than get the proper permits, they decided to sneak into the graveyard mm-hmm. and pull a whole heist. None of them brought shovels, by the way. So they're digging with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> digging with their hands. In a graveyard. Oh man, and that they, is that is come on, bring, bring yes. shovels. Yes. Uh, so they get, they get into the casket, discover there's no one inside because they're doing this under cover of night. There's no one inside of the the casket, but there's a tunnel that's been dug out of the casket, and oh, right. they discovered that it led to like the edge of the the uh, graveyard. They followed it all the way to a they they followed they caught like the scent of like a dead thing, and they followed that scent trail using their. Uh, Ryan's dog. He has like a uh, an awakened dog named Old Boy. Old Boy followed the scent all the way oh, to what's, a, what's Old Boy's voice, if you may, Jeremy? Old Boy has never spoken. Oh, oh Old Boy has not spoken yet. Even um, though he's awakened? Yeah, because he can't talk. He he's <laughs> just has like human level intelligence. Oh, okay. Uh, fine. 
But he he led them all the way to this derelict church. They looked inside the church, discovered what they eventually realized was Laura about to feed on a person inside of this rundown church. They interfered. Uh, and here's where we get to the real part of the tale. Ryan's <laughs> character. So they, through a series of mishaps, had accidentally uh, let her get away and she had fled into a back garden of this church. And mm. for those of you who have not been to like more like British churches or Gothic churches in general, a lot of them, especially in Britain, have like these extensive gardens or graveyards behind mm. them. Uh, and this case is just a garden. But because this place had not been tended to in, su- in some time, the garden was super, super overgrown. So there were tons of places for this vampire spawn to hide. Well, Ryan's character has an ability that we homebrewed where he can basically fly flame on like the human torch and he had previously done it to get in and out of the church because he can slip through spaces that are like one inch wide when he does that so he slipped in between the wooden boards over the window uh accidentally lighting them on fire in the process yeah yeah. Hmm. and then when when uh the vampire spawn ran into the garden he followed her vaulting over the fence and running straight into the trees still on fire oh ryan now he stay he remained on fire for i think a good two rounds still running through this and one of the other players has the spell control flames which is like a cantrip so she Mm. was able to put out desperately trying to put all these fires (laughs) exactly but she's like i can't i can't put this guy has run like 40 feet through here (laughs) i can't just spend this whole time because this fire is going to keep spreading too this is going to take me the whole combat i can only do five (laughs) feet per round (laughs) there's so much fire and ryan eventually like turned his flames off but basically over the course of the battle uh the vampire spawn realized that they were using old boy to track her so she Mm. attacked old boy thinking if she kills old boy they can't track her Ryan, of course, his character flips out because he's like, that's my best friend. That's my dog you're attacking. So he uses burning hands again into a heavily, heavily forested area, lighting even more of the area on fire. And it was at this point that the uh, that the bard uh, variant Tiefling who can fly was like, guys, this fire is getting out of control because I have a map. I actually made a Mm. map for this one. And for each time, each round, I was just, yeah, I was rolling to see how much damage the fire was doing to the area and how far it was spreading. And so they were seeing more and more of this map just covered in flames. And she was like, guys, I think we need to get out of here because I was starting to add smoke too. Like it was getting to where it's like, it's hard to see now because there's so much fire. They've been in here for like seven or eight rounds. Yeah. And... And eventually Ryan is like, he stays in for a couple more rounds. The druid is like, yeah, you're right. She splits. She runs out of the garden. The tiefling can fly, so she's okay. But Ryan is standing there yelling up at the at the vampire spawn like, no matter what it takes, I will find you and hunt you down and kill you. And she hears that and she's like, well, I'm not a fan of that. Mm. And here's here's where I hatched what I will admit is a very devious strategy. Um, so I'm I've kind of rejiggered the vampires in this game to be a little bit closer to like the gothic versions, like mm-hmm. the mythical versions. So sure. there are very specific ways you can kill them. And mm. fire, while it damages them, does not kill them. Kill them. Yeah. Um, and she knows this. 
She regenerates hit points, and it's already been established in this game that Vampire Spawn can regenerate, uh, in this particular game that we're playing, uh, that Vampire Spawn can regenerate from having been, like, completely roasted with flames. They did it to, like, a, a yeah, Vampire Spawn a, 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 Did you keep the rule of, like, radiant damage, or did you just uh, say it, any, any damage? Yeah, it had to be, like, if it's radiant damage, then maybe they can't then regenerate. they can't do it in, the next turn or something. Right. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire, doesn't, fire doesn't fit that requirement, and mm. normally it's supposed to be, like, if they're reduced to zero hit points, then they don't regenerate, but I was like, well, Nah, I mean, yeah, still. in this case. So yeah. she's like, cool. Well, if you're going to hunt me down, I don't want that. So she jumps down and grapples him. Uh, oh. And here's where we run into issues. I think at this point he started to realize with how much fire there was around them. If she manages to keep him there, he will oh, burn to death and, and she, she will just survive and leave. Out. Yeah, and oh my God. and now people are like, oh no, and the fire starts to like surround them. Now, old boy stays behind. He's trying to save his master. He's attacking the vampire spawn, doing everything he can. Uh, it's to no avail. The the bard, the tiefling, ends up being like, I can't. I've seen him die once. I can't let this happen again. Like, I've died before. This is too traumatic. I cannot allow this. I can't just leave him. She dive bombs in, manages to successfully push the vampire spawn off of him. He mm. makes a break for it. Um, reaches the, the very edge of the fence. He has five feet of movement left. I have made it so that if you if you uh, approach the fence, it's difficult terrain unless you can hit a DC 10 acrobatics. You know, it's just a regular yeah. waist yeah, height yeah, stone yeah, yeah. fence. Nero has a uh, his character. Nero has a has a plus four to dex plus six to acrobatics in total. Wow. So he needs to roll a four a or four higher. Or hit higher. This, and he has an 85 percent chance of making this roll. He rolls a natural two roll oh. hits an eight fails, which means he's now stuck right at the edge of, oh, of the garden, God. which is burning behind him. Now, here's where things get really bad. The the vampire spawn, oh, and I should say, before this, while he's standing there, kind of panting, his dog tries to follow him, but old boy has taken too much damage <gasps> and completely collapses running through the flames and oh. burns to death in the flames. Oh. Ryan had, now Nero had oh ditched gosh. him in there. When Nero got free, he wasn't like, come on, old boy. He just ran. So it's clear that Nero is in, is in a complete panic and has just left his best friend to die. His best friend does die. He he hears the mournful howl from behind him. Uh, and this this particular variety of vampire spawn is one that I've kind of homebrewed. It's mm. she's not just like a regular vampire. She also drains like mental psychic energy. And so she has abilities from the mind drinker vampire like weakened. Uh, mm. But well, slight, weakened in terms of damage, but augmented in terms of effect, because sure. if you fail her save, it's an intelligence save. If you fail this save, you are stunned for a round. Now, she has gotten in. She has to recharge this on a five or a six every, uh, every turn. She keeps getting sixes oh to recharge. My and this is. Everybody has successfully resisted the save this entire battle until now. Nero <sighs> fails the save, meaning she can just run right out, grab his limp form, and drag and him right drag back, him into, the back into the flames. And so Nero, seeing freedom, is feels like this piercing oh, pain in his skull. Yeah, on the fence. It's just, oh. Oh. And then this little Dwargar dwarf vampire spawn comes, like, scurrying out, oh. grabs him, cackling, just drags him back into the flames. He's like, no! She And there was nothing anybody could do by that point. Wow. And we've had, this is the second time that his character has died in the past three in-game weeks. 
Ryan, my dude, come on! He's my only—he's the only PC death I've ever had in my games as well. In this particular case, I, as far as I'm concerned, this is his fault more so than it is mine because yeah. this wouldn't have happened if, if he, he hadn't lit the place on fire. On fire, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. The, the the burning hands attack—I get that. That's a character yeah, yeah. thing. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but saying that wasn't what your got flamey form for that, that many was rounds. The dumb one. That was that the was dumb one. <laughs> that was where it's like, bro, bro, that was no. that was unwise. No, and and here's the thing with with how it's gone. Even he said this the, mm. with the fact that this was a seriously traumatic incident for Nero. He's yeah. like scarred by this because he could get this close, got yeah, this yeah, close, yeah, yeah. and now it's and then he's just like no, he's <laughs> being dragged back into the flames. This vampire spawn like. <laughs> And he's a fire genasi, so his own element is oh, killing him. He resists oh, the damage, so it even takes longer. So it takes longer. Like, oh. It's terrible. And Jeez. so and this is like a very high magic setting to the point where mm. resurrection is very easily available if you have money. And he comes from sure. a very rich family. So resurrection is pretty much assured. But the problem sure. with that is I still need death to matter. And this has mm. this has helped me come to a uh, kind of a potential solution. Uh, that I think we will probably end up adopting, which is um, the idea of, like, you can die repeatedly and just keep getting brought back, but mm. dying itself is such a horrific, terrible thing that mm. is, the phrase that I've been using is deleterious to your soul. It's Ooh. just, it's bad for you bad for as you. your essence, at your core. It's like making horcruxes. It's just bad. It messes yeah. you up. Yeah. And so I looked at like the 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 madness mechanics for D&D in the, I think it's in the uh, the DM guide. And basically yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a, and I talked about this with Ryan because part of this was also his idea. Mm. Um, the idea is that he from now on will just straight up like vampires and like vampiric creatures are a trigger for him. And he, when, yeah. he, when he encounters stuff like that, he will have to make a wisdom save, uh, like for or, the first yeah. time, not not every single turn, but the yeah, first yeah, time, yeah, yeah. or suffer one of the madness effects from a table that, again, we had kind of, we combined a couple of the different thing, the tables that they have there, and settled on something that we thought was appropriate. Like, stuff that, invo- like, he starts wildly attacking the nearest person, he starts yeah. gibbering and can't speak, he's just stunned, he passes out, he, like, starts shaking uncontrollably, and gets disadvantage on, like, decks and stuff like that, anything to do with strength or decks. Different effects. That's like that. Cool. But That's on top cool. of that, uh, there's permanent madness effects that they have in D&D, which are basically just flaws. And mm. the idea is that this dying like this, the, everybody gets one. One, you're yeah. okay. But yeah, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you keep like, dying. Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you keep dying, you start to, it starts to mess you up. And mm, so mm. he, you, uh, we're kind of establishing as a mechanic now, you still want to avoid death because it makes, if you die a bunch of times, it just makes you worse. Yeah. And then it's almost like, it almost becomes like a double-edged sword because you kind of, you probably get to a point where you're like, I kind of want my character to die now so that I can play like a new character <laughs> without these, without like literally being crazy. Like, like literally just like, I, I like seeing vampires in like every yeah. shadow. Do you know what I yeah, mean? exactly. Like, um, yeah. And, and obviously this isn't something that I would suggest for every game, but if you mm. look, it's gothic horror and noir. Like these are two games where like you becoming a worse person and having horrible yeah. effects because of the terrible things that you've seen. Definitely. It's seems intrinsic fair. to the genre. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely suits for sure. So yeah, and also the other thing is just practically his he the agency that he works for, which is run by his parents, are just not going to let him continue doing what he's doing. They're just going mm. to send him away because yeah. it's like imagine yeah. if you're this rich person and your son has has been working for you for like two months, has gone through three vehicles, oh. uh, and has died twice in the past <laughs> two weeks. First time beaten to death by zombie acrobats. The second time oh, yeah. burned to death by his own. <laughs> Flames while a vampire spawn uh, cackles. <laughs> like, you, you're gonna just wow. be like, look, son, something's not working here. You need to go <laughs> look, away for a while. Look, bud. Look, bud. Uh, <laughs> we gotta let's talk. Have a chat. Let's so they're gonna, they're basically gonna send him away to basically like train and undergo mm. some therapy to try yeah. and help him out. Uh, and he, Ryan is going to bring in a replacement, a temporary replacement character. <laughs> Because <laughs> the, the agency is like, look, we're just going to send somebody else in to do your job. We're just going to, yeah, we're going to do something else. That's, oh man, that is so funny. Yeah. Um, I do actually, when I was, when you were saying that, I do actually have a, a, a fun tale, which I will tell, maybe not in this episode, maybe in a future episode, remind me to tell you the, the origin of the supervillain of my other campaign. It was very fun. We got like, we, we discovered a supervillain like in the campaign uh okay. which i hadn't planned for but uh yeah it was very fun so i'll have to tell you that story uh, at some point um uh, maybe i'll even tell at the end of the episode i don't know it depends on how long we we end up talking about this for probably two hours uh again <laughs> <laughs> uh so let's go ahead and talk about mental ability scores um i think it's a contentious one jeremy you brought this up in the first place so you can mm. sort of jump in at any point to talk about sort of say why you want to talk about this but i think from my perspective the um thing that gets a little tricky here is it's less binary i think than uh your the physical stats the physical mm-hmm. stats are you know constitution is your 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 health your virality you know your sturdiness um mm-hmm. uh standing up to challenge your dexterity is is exactly what it says on the tin it is like your reflexes how agile you are mm-hmm. um that kind of thing and then strength is just the like literally the amount that you can lift do you know what yes. i mean do you even lift bro mm-hmm. uh like it, and it's pretty simple but definitely gets a little more dicey when we get into the mental abilities and i think that we were kind of having this discussion when we're talking about this episode which is that it can be a little bit of a barrier i think for some people when they're rolling certain types of characters and kind of like Mm -hmm. uh, like it's kind of kind of comes a little bit difficult and also when your class demands yes uh that you are very good at one particular thing i think people can find that very restrictive for a character so we thought we would have a little discussion today about the different ways that you might uh, want to, well, the, like the ways that are sort of traditionally you can play these, you know, like a high wisdom character, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe some different ways, some alternate um, viewpoints on how you might play a particular ability score um, or even just think about a particular ability score. Like, because I think it, it can represent very different, they can represent very different things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add yeah, to that yeah. about this topic that you felt like was particularly. I, I think that it's difficult a lot of times because these these co- concepts are somewhat poorly defined like mm, or they're at least mm. difficult to define so mm. i i was going to start by saying how i define wisdom intelligence charisma specifically in a dnd context based sure. on based on what they're used for in mm. the game uh, yeah, and, go ahead, and but, yeah. who who seems to specialize in them so intelligence i would define as just knowledge it is mm. knowledge of 
the world, like knowledge of the world around you, as in you know facts, you've read a lot mm. of books, you have a lot of information that you can regurgitate. That seems to kind of be how knowledge functions. Like you roll it for history checks or arcana yeah. checks, both of which are knowledge about theory or facts. Uh, mm-hmm. in very, and I believe nature is also intelligence. Uh, sure. I, I think so. Yeah. Cause it's, it's knowledge about facts of things. I believe, um, mm. wisdom I would say is understanding the world mm-hmm. around you. So mm-hmm. being able to like perceive things in the environment, being able to understand people, how to help people with the medicine check, which honestly, in my opinion, medicine should be an intelligence based skill. Definitely. And I believe that, um, I believe that investigation should be wisdom based. Mm. Uh, I that's very true that's in, very true because yeah yeah um it's investigation is basically like the insight version of wisdom where mm. like and i think it's uh it's more about your um it's more about intuition than i think learning do you know what i mean yeah. i think that like you need to on a certain level with investigation uh you need to intuit like the layout of a scene and and the kind of the, like if you're like let's just take the most literal version of like you're a detective and you are mm-hmm. investigating a crime scene you need to kind of intuit what might have happened in this scenario i feel yeah. like that's that's a lot harder to teach do you know what I mean? That's not yeah. like a that's not necessarily a lot a, a, like a a, a learnt thing of like if a if a pen is broken at this angle, what could that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd go to a book to find out what that could mean. You have to kind of be like, oh, maybe like actually that looks like it impacted on something. Maybe they use that mm-hmm. as a weapon and it's broken in a certain way, and so therefore you're investigating. Yeah, and see that's you know? that's where I could also say I could I understand on some level why it is intelligence because like Sherlock Holmes with deductive reasoning where it's like oh you have mud on your shoes that is mm, this speci- mm. specific color I know that that mud only comes from this specific area so you must have gone there you have this like this part of your jacket is worn therefore based on statistic information that it, it could go either way but, I, but I guess but I guess what I'm saying is though that I would I would say that to like even see the mud and to know that that is something right. that you need to investigate do you know what I mean like that and, that, that and like, most people that, roll like, that as insight. That's what it's, that's yeah, thing. that's what, yeah. that's exactly what I mean. That's, that's where I kind of, that's where it does roll over for me. I think investigation point, seems kind of, to, I would say this in terms of research, if you're like, I want to research a topic and they're like, mm. okay, roll an investigation check that I could see being intelligence. That makes sense as an intelligence thing. Cause you're engaging with the pro the process of learning. Whereas mm. if it's like, I don't know where my key is and they're like, okay, roll an <laughs> investigation. It's like, I don't know. I feel like that is more of an intuition. Where is it like, is the, is there, more is of the a history check from yeah, like, where did it? I last leave it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I feel like investigation is a hairy one. That one's difficult. Mm. But mm. so if you look at like, and, and even understanding it, looking at how jumping back to intelligence, the, the classes that primarily run on intelligence are wizards and artificers. Wizards mm. like write a bu- like do research. They research all their spells and write them in a book. Yes. Uh, artificers are constantly trying to build and understand machines. Uh, mm. They're trying. It's all about technical stuff. It's all about mechanics. Oh, if I add this here, what will happen? If I do combine these two things, if I build. Yes. Like that's I understand why those would it, be intelligence based. It's discover. It's discovering knowledge as well. Like it's, yes. it's about disco- discovering your own knowledge. Uh, yes. Or uh, an unlearned knowledge. Yeah. Uh, whereas with wisdom, you're looking at druids, so an understanding, a connection to the natural world. Mm-hmm. I understand, like, you understand the environment, you have a connection with it, you're in tune with your intuition, you're in tune with the world around you, or you're a deity if you're a cleric. 
those that mm-hmm. also runs on it's like okay so it's the intuition the divine inspiration it's not about necessarily although i mean you could argue that like biblical scholars and stuff like that or not just biblical scholars excuse me religious scholars in any religion who but if we're t- if we're taking if we're taking and uh, feel free to correct me if yeah. i'm sort of but uh but if we're taking that i would still say that if we're going on a more like classical version of day de- of deities uh if you haven't got like a demigod or or like a mm-hmm. high powered fae or something probably gonna be pretty in uh indirect with instruction exactly, and with yeah. belief system and stuff so it's gonna be more about you can learn as much as you want about the history but like you'll never know what a deity wants in that specific moment unless you're able to intuit yeah. the meaning behind the breeze do you know what i mean yes. like a certain breeze or the uh, uh you know a, something you catch out of the corner of your eye which is yes. more especially like you know m- the gods in my in my mind kind of operate in like a yeah, less direct setting. less yeah. direct yeah and unless you for- cast like a spell like you know uh, you know, a commute or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I, I actually, I 100 agree with you. I think that's a really good point. And you can see that in a lot of religions. Like certainly mm. in, well, in yes, exactly. In, it's, it's, the, it's the, in both, I think the Jewish Bible and like the Christian Old Testament, there's like a number of stories where somebody will get a dream and then they'll go to like their wise men and be mm. like, "Yo, can Intuit someone interpret this, this dream for yes. me?" Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and it's always intuition based. It's never like, well, based on the color of the mud. That <laughs> it's never. <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Mm. But then we come to charisma. Mm. Spicy. Yeah, and I guess I, I'm kind of mixing them up right now, <laughs> like just jumping from <laughs> one to one. But yeah, well, we're going to go through them separately. But like, we're just getting a little overview of yes you know, some thoughts on these. So. Charisma, I would say, is like an ability to affect those around you, whether mm. intentionally or otherwise. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're attractive. It more means that you are an effective, like you're effective at uh, uh, you. When pe- when you show up in a room, uh, people notice you. Mm. Uh, or if you don't want or them to notice you, you can choose for them to not notice you. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because you know how to negotiate that situation in that yes. that people will not notice you. Yes, because and you understand on some level that kind of. Um, social structure like the social construct of yeah, conversation you just have that like, ability yeah. it's like the marilyn yeah. monroe thing where uh when she was norma jean uh when she like they were walking around i forget what interviewer it was what was walking around with her and no one was paying any attention to her and mm. it's because she wasn't marilyn like she wasn't she wasn't in character and she was like do you want to see her and he's like what do you mean and she just changes the way she walks changes her posture puts on the character of marilyn monroe mm. and suddenly mm. everybody's like <gasps> And is like immediately drawn to her. That would be like yeah, a crazy yeah. high charisma score that she yes. could just flip on and off to <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just attract but, people. And like I think that's, that is the that is the nature of charisma, and that that you have that kind of flexibility. Almost, you have the mm. you 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 understand the uh, that. Yeah, I think effect is the right word. I think you've nailed it with effect because I think that it's better than to say like you just exude this naturally or mm-hmm. I think it is it is definitely still about your ability to negotiate like such a situation. Yeah, because you can um, be a really scary person and have high Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of, um, you know, like like a, like a psychopath or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like they're the Joker, quite yeah, famously probably high, really, people. Really high charisma. That's what I mean. They're quite famously people that really, really understand the way that people tick, can, that can understand how to... The Joker is absolutely a perfect example because... Uh, absolutely understands how to make people follow him like mm-hmm. uh you know uh how to you know it's all about social experiments and do you know what i mean like these kinds of things it, it absolutely is um mm-hmm. i was just trying to think of i was an example that i had then of i can't remember it'll come back to me um but 
Uh, yeah, and uh, so yeah, because we were talking about charisma, weren't we? About the fact that it it can kind of it can often get. I think it's like people don't view it as like a trainable ability. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think people almost feel like it's like an innate thing. Um, they think it just means you're like really hot or like yeah. you just want to have sex with everybody or something. Yeah. Which I think is a very like r- reductive way no. because like, I think, so this is, I think where it becomes a little uh, thingy because I think that even like someone like, um, even like someone like, I don't know, not maybe not the Benedict Cumberbatch version, but like there are some instances of like a Sherlock Holmes who you would view as being incredibly socially awkward or incredibly socially awkward, still having high charisma. Maybe actually even the Benedict Cumberbatch version, because whilst they may, people might not get along with them, they absolutely get out of the social interaction what they want to get out of the social interaction. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Even though they come across as abrasive or rude or whatever else, they're still getting exactly what they need from that conversation. They're getting all of the information that they want they're getting uh someone out of the conversation if they want them out of the conversation mm-hmm. you know what i mean like they they understand the machinations of being like okay i i i will show you affection now mm-hmm. um and i'm choosing to show you affection. like even that can still be classed as charisma Meryl because you Street- have an understanding of that you know uh, yeah meryl streep's character in the devil wears prada another person mm. who's just really mean to everybody mm. but clearly has very high charisma because everyone is constant it's not just because she has power something about like she sure she has practical power where she can fire and hire people but there's an an aura that she exudes that causes people to want to try and please her and be terrified mm. and it, of her and it's exactly the example you said of almost like turning it on and off because there was a brilliant example where she walks into the office for the first time and everyone's like almost like bow down to her and trying to get everything sorted and whatever and then there's I think later in the film sorry spoilers for Devil Wears Prada I guess um, one of my favourite movies I'm happy <laughs> to admit it movie. I love I absolutely adore that movie I, oh, anyway um, uh, when I think uh, Anna Hathaway like sees her like in her house with like no makeup on I think she was having an argument I think actually mm. and the difference in her as a character mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's amazing like the, the way Meryl acts it is incredible like she's like a or she almost suddenly feels like this broken and frail person and you're yeah. like who has just exuded strength for so long mm-hmm. and i think that all of that can be kept under the kind of umbrella of charisma and i think that you can choose a character you can choose how your character interacts with their own uh kind of social ability why yeah. don't we come to charisma a bit later so we can dig into that a little bit more so mm-hmm. let's flip and go back to uh intelligence and playing like high or and or low intelligence characters Mm. Uh, because this is an interesting one for me because i often think um people play i kind of i don't know if you get this i kind of get a little frustrated or annoyed when people with low intelligence just play their characters dumb because often Mm. for me the issue is people don't play low intelligence characters they play low wisdom characters right what yeah. they what they're like? Oh, I think I'll do this, and they go in and charge and just clearly do something stupid, mm-hmm. like the, the, the like that the, the, like it's gonna affect the party negatively or something. And I'm like, yeah. that's low wisdom, not low intelligence. Yeah. In terms like, of how it functions in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. yes, it, intelligence yeah, like, uh, is the knowledge, and wisdom is like application of the knowledge. Yes, in exactly. some ways. So. Uh, and and so yeah, I, th- I always think that one's kind of a, like a funny scenario. And I, again, I'm very much talking yes, like you said, like the mechanical versions of uh, yeah. of that particular thing. But like, it makes me laugh because I think that's what you're pl- like you're attempting to play low intelligence, but actually you you're, you're playing, playing low, wisdom. low wisdom. Yeah, you're playing low wisdom. Low intelligence would probably just be like, yeah, I don't really know anything. I have a difficult mm. time like learning new facts. I don't yeah. really pay attention to all that stuff. That's just not me. Uh, mm. Or it's like you just you yeah you can't you you book learning just is not your thing mm. uh yeah yeah like 
it, that I I think that because, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I, no, 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 no. I was just say because I think that, <laughs> because this is. It, what, it, this is, I think, this that's low. That's low. Like, like zero intelligence. Uh, me and Jeremy both, <laughs> both just dialed down to two. Bottom down. Yeah. But so this is what the interesting thing is. So I. So for me, I've never considered myself, and I do not consider myself to be an intelligent person. I don't think my intelligence score would be very high. Hmm. But I feel like my wisdom score would be a lot higher hmm. because I do but I do think my I do think of myself as an intelligent person if that makes sense and in, right. if I was to if I was to uh, put my ability scores in here mm-hmm. I would not go very high intelligence but I would go high wisdom and I would call myself an intelligent person because mm. I do think that when it comes to the application of knowledge yeah I'm good and I think that when I'm when I'm uh, receiving the information orally and it's about me remembering and kind of processing what information means in like the real in like a real world context mm-hmm. like that's where I that, like that's how I root my information right like if so, if I was to sit down and read from a book I wouldn't really I, I wouldn't re- retain the information because I'd struggle to understand how that applies in a real world setting whereas if you were to explain the same thing to me and mm. kind of give me that kind of which you often do when you're explaining like oh how does that work in the real world or what's the how does that machinate inside it's something tangible that I can touch or see or feel or hear or whatever that I really I, I feel like I'm 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 very good at picking up you know, mm, yeah. and I think partly that is, you know, like I struggle with dyslexia and things like that, uh, and and so I've just always been a bit terrified of the idea of like book learning, you know, mm, okay. um, and so it's I like think different that's, styles of intelligence, it's different yes. forms of intelligence. So what I'm basically what I'm saying is I think that that should kind of be like an option um, for you when going into thinking about intelligence because I think that. Um, it would be, I think mechanically it wouldn't work for, I wouldn't be able to play myself in this game. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that I would be, I would be, I would do good history checks. Yes. Because I can remember and I can retain information very well. Um, you what if know, it was knowledge? With- what if instead of intelligence we called it knowledge? Because yes. what you're saying really gets at an interesting well, no, point. But I don't know, because I would still say I still retain knowledge very well. Well, it's more, it's more about volume. Hmm. But I would, I would, I would still say that I have relatively, like, in terms of like topics and things that I know so about. So you would, I have, have a, you would probably have pretty decent intelligence. Then you might have yeah, good but knowledge, but your wisdom would be higher. Yeah, sure. But what I'm saying is, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm trying to like say to people that it doesn't have to the the uh, uh, the, the book the bookish sort of. Uh, outlook on it mm. does shouldn't be a parameter for you to not then pick intelligence as right. something if that's the kind of character you wanted to play like yes. especially if we're talking about a character if you wanted to have elements of yourself your character and you're not like a bookish person or not an intelligent because like, i would feel like we for instance are a good example of uh in game like uh, uh high wisdom and then high intelligence because i feel mm. like you're you you know you you pick information up and recall information incredibly well you know mm. what i mean um but yeah sorry i, I kind of cut you off you were gonna yeah no that something. makes sense i think yeah i think intelligence is one of the hardest of these to play because you can only in mm. terms of in, in terms of actual playing something you can really only play considering that you are creating the character yourself and making mm. up everything that they say and do you can't technically play somebody who's smarter than you Hmm. except <laughs> unless you're willing to be like okay can i try and figure this out based on it and can i roll a check 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where you could argue that 5e is limited in its application of intelligence as an ability because it's mm-hmm. it's only really tied to ability to recall things. It's not really t- – there's nothing like – there's not like a deduction uh, skill yeah. that you could have. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think – I think that does make it perhaps more daunting, but honestly, I think as lo- I think most people are intelligent enough, like the vast majority of people yes. are intelligent yeah. enough to be able to play a high intelligence character. That doesn't yeah, mean absolutely. that you need to. That doesn't mean that you need to constantly be you yourself. Need to know a ton of facts, but mm. look, you could if you really wanted to uh, talk to your DM and be like, "Yo, can I just like make stuff up?" And it's yeah. sure, and it's something that I got from like a book. And I yep. recall this information, and it, it, as far as I'm aware, it's true, and I have good intelligence, so I can be, like, spouting off, like, well, oh, yes, in fact. In in the fourth era of this particular thing, they actually had a curved sword that, you know, like, yeah. you could absolutely just make that stuff up. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. And if you work with the DM, the DM can make it so that, like, you get to come in and be like, can I roll a history check? And you have such good history that the DM will just straight give you the information, which, I mean, is, yeah. is a very regular part of D&D. But it's like... Or even just give you, give you information prior to a game do you know what I mean yeah. if you like if it's because I think that that's that would be like that for me would be like a really fun way of rewarding a high intelligence player mm. by sort of going like like if I had a wizard in my party I've never actually DM'd for a wizard weird um mm. You know, I could be like, hey, this is a bunch of stuff that you would know leading into this next session. Kind of like you would if you were like visiting a player's hometown or whatever. Mm-hmm. You'd give them like a little lowdown on like yeah. the hometown so that they can kind of be the ones to walk around and show people around and, you know, introduce them to NPCs and all that kind of stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like you could absolutely do the same with a just copy and paste some notes for your notes and give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> give it to your high intelligence player so that they can uh, command that space. Because I, 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 I think actually if that if I... Uh, now that I kind of know that's an option, having mm. just discussed it with you, I would be way more willing to play a wizard or to play a high intelligence character yeah. on the basis of that, because before I absolutely would have been like, yeah, it kind of freaks me out. Also because I figure, I always feel like playing high wisdom or high intelligence means you can't be, you can't make brash decisions. Well, <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people, do you know what I mean? That's, a lot yes. of, that's, that's what we put on it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Which is really not true. There's plenty of <laughs> no. extremely impulsive, very smart people. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yes, and especially like if we're, again, taking the very core version of D&D and how they describe these things, high intelligence kind of means probably going to be w- infinitely more chaotic than like <laughs> you know what I mean like high intelligence probably would be for me would be like because they're the ones that are going to be like yeah yeah I see the binary choice here and this is something that I believe will work I'll do it you're like whoa <laughs> like, they, you know, like really they blow emotionally the detached do you know what I mean they blow up the lab or whatever because yeah. <laughs> they're just like yeah this will work I trust my own intelligence completely yeah uh, like Elon <laughs> Musk doing one. some craziness where yeah. <laughs> Like deliberate, yeah, just out there. Naming stuff. your child X Y Z. That was two five seventeen. Hey, look, do you know what? If that's your, that's fine. But that kid's gonna have a nightmare in school. Yeah, and I, that's the way I always go. I that's that's why I always say I look at these things. I look bad. I, I feel bad for the kid because I'm like X two E something. Like the, the, the teacher's <laughs> e gonna look at MC it. Squared. Then, yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it, you might as well just call them equals MC squared. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there, I was going to say another thing that you can do with intelligence, uh, you as a DM to kind of highlight play, uh, characters with high intelligence is if there's like some strange event that occurs, Ooh. if if you have – it might be worth – because we have passive wisdom scores. Uh, I mm. think it would be worth having kind of passive intelligence, intelligence. scores, like yeah. passive history uh in calculated in much the same way mm. um and if it's like something that you think that this character would probably know based on their areas of knowledge uh or if it's just with un- if if whatever can- dc would be less than their passive you can just tell them like some craziness happens it's like say say like something bursts into flames right mm. unexpectedly and they're trying to figure out where did the fire come from what could it could be like you know like uh you know that there are certain conditions under which fire can exist and these are some of the conditions so now the person has a basis from which the party can help it's like yes i could give this to the party and we can try mm. and narrow down from this list because that is knowledge you might have yeah absolutely and i think you could even even if it's even if it's, so it doesn't feel like super broad or like difficult you could even then break down into um like you could pick like an area of expertise do you know what yeah. i mean like i might say to like someone if they've got above like I think like a 14 or higher in intelligence, I'd say, right, what's like the, like what is an area of expertise that you have? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if anything comes up, I will use your passive intelligence to sort of just like tell you stuff. And you don't yeah. like, you can choose to roll to try and get higher, but I will just tell you innately. Yeah. And then I kind of feel like it gets around that thing of like, cause I often feel this is a drawback I find when playing an intelligent character is like, I would know this though. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like, I just would know this and I've got to roll for yes. it and now I might just roll badly and that yeah. feels very, that feels super annoying. It makes you look like um, an idiot too. It makes your character yeah, look like it's you know like... It, it's actually one thing that I've really appreciated. Uh, we all, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in this episode or on the thing we did earlier, all the episodes are blending into one today. Um, <laughs> but we mentioned the fact we both 
played Pathfinder recently, and that's mm. one thing I actually do quite like about the Pathfinder system is that you train in stuff, yeah, and you can become cool. like an expert from like level one. So it's like really limits the likelihood of you actually failing at something that you are trained at, right? Because things like no unreliable talent you can eventually take as like a feat to mean yeah. in like certain areas to mean that you'll never fail a check in that particular way. Because yeah. I completely agree. I do think past past like level two, I feel like level two, you could still arguably say they're like kind of like a normal human's ability. Do you know what I mean? Like if we like were to take... Exceptional. That's what I mean. Like if you were to take like the most trained swordsman, you know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. say maybe that's a level two fighter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel like... But like, and even that person, there would be certain things that level two fighter would never fail at. That swordsman would never fail at. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they like, or like a, an archer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like an archer. Like at a certain point from a certain distance, that archer is never going to miss. You can literally so just how close the your hell eyes could a, a like a level ten? Ranger miss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't happen. Obviously, I understand it has to happen sort of mechanically for, you know, certain things, but mm-hmm. I do think that um, th- there could be more concession made on that front to allow some of these... allows some of these things to feel more distinctive and more impactful. Mm -hmm. Like, I find that, like, I don't really tend to take ability score improvements that much anymore because I find their impact Mm. to be much more minimal than, like, feats. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, like, if it was to be, like, a bar where, like, if I got a 16 on intelligence, I basically got reliable talent on history checks... Mm. I would definitely yeah. or like you know I could pick one of my uh, things that and would be cool. instead of expertise I would take like an, uh, like reliable talent do you know what yeah. I mean yeah. because it would be like there's just no way like but Sherlock Holmes skill, yeah. yeah Sherlock Holmes is not going to fail an investigation check yeah. you know what I mean he might not get everything Right. But like fundamentally, he's going to get a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like more than the barbarian who wanders in and gets a nat 20. Like, cause that would yeah. just be, it's ridiculous. That's also <laughs> like, why you mentioned something. That's why I don't, I'm not as big of a fan of like nat 20 is auto success and beats everything mm. else. Yeah. Uh, and nat one is auto failure and beats it like automatically, like uh, except in Again, battle. Again, actually, you know, and this is actually, I was thinking about this. I, I kind of actually wanted to do this when I first started DMing. The plus 10 rule, I think, is actually much better. Mm. I know it's like less exciting when you roll an at, like, than when you roll an at 20, but I think nine times out of 10, an at 20 is still going to be a critical success. Um, yeah, but the I idea is just be being. An auto crit. I think a, nine, a nat 20 should be an auto crit, but it's also mm. like 10 above. That's yes, what, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, say, also, yeah. it's also 10 above. Um, or like, you can still, like, uh, um, just uh, the only reason I say that is again, if we take this instance where we have a barbarian and we have a Sherlock Holmes, if they're both rolling investigation, they both they both roll that twenties. Sherlock Holmes will see more than the barbarian. Yeah, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so like, and honestly, and, even I feel like there is on- a big difference between like. Because the barbarian might get like a, a a nineteen, and in that scenario, and the, the Sherlock Holmes might get like a thirty-one. <laughs> yes, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so yes. like, I still feel like there should be some qualitative difference between but what they here's discover. what I would here's what I would argue. Even in a case where the barbarian rolls a nat twenty and Sherlock Holmes uh, rolls like a natural fifteen, but gets like a mm. plus ten or fifteen, and still yeah. and still rolls functionally numerically a higher score. I mm. think he should still beat the barbarian, which is in the rules. In the rules of D and D, that yes. is how it works. Because yes. it is, there's just some cases where somebody's just that good. I don't care how just, much of a nat twenty I roll. Uh, LeBron James is a better basketball player. Than me. 
it's just how it works. So even if he rolls like a three on jumping, and I roll a nat twenty, and he's still getting over you, dude. Yeah, he's still gonna touch higher than me. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Like and you can play you, it that You go way, full sure. Space Jam and just your arm. Yeah, I shatter both of my legs from jumping so hard. Full, it's like My Hero Academia. I launch myself into the air. They, my legs explode from oh, the sheer force man. of the That's launch. Funny. I yeah. think I might. I, I think. I think I, this is inspiring me to like maybe make a make a some rules that we can put out or something. I really like the idea of getting like a version of an unreliable talent in a skill. Re- if reliable talent. Reliable talent. Sorry, unreliable talent. That was <laughs> well. Maybe you could have unreliable talent. Maybe you have like below an eight or something. You're just bad at this thing. Like you. Like you. You just everything is treated as a ten or lower. <laughs> Somebody curses you to have unreliable yeah. talent. <laughs> You're like that weak that you literally just cannot. You can't succeed a strength. You check. have to roll a certain number, or you auto fail. You auto fail. <laughs> yeah. Like any, or, no, you like, below a certain number. You subtract your your modifier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I quite like that though. I quite like the idea of of you kind of because I also think that it allows then players. It allows more distinction. Which I think sometimes gets a little... That's where I think the annoyance for me comes in between uh, the Barbarian and the Sherlock Holmes rolling two investigation checks. Mm. I just don't... There's no point. It kind of just feels like we're just doing numbers at that point. We're just doing yeah. luck. You know what I mean? Because, like, oh, Sherlock Holmes has failed, so every other party member is now going to succeed, and the chances are someone's going to pass, and I hate it. Or I'm just going to keep rolling until I succeed in this thing, and mm. I'm just like... Like, I understand the the... the the mechanics let you do that, but I don't feel like that's how it, that should be how it works. Yeah, um, I know. think I and I think we're never going to settle on a perfect system. Mm. Uh, yeah. but in terms, but I think of, you could adapt to this something. You know, yeah, there's certain things game. you can add. If with there's, that. Yeah. you might you might like it. You might prefer that nat twenties are auto successes. Uh, mm. Like if that's your thing, I think that that is an absolute absolutely really you can add in. But I, I yeah, I'm cool with the idea of being like okay because i think when we first started in your campaign you had actually yeah, said did. that it was like when if you get 10 over the armor class well not even just that crit. but even group checks because you were yeah. like i don't like everybody trying to roll perception why yes. are we all yes. rolling perception why yeah. are because it and i get where like the group is like we don't want to all stick our fortunes with that person but here's the interesting thing um the if you actually do use passive perception, that actually makes a bit more sense. Because if mm. you're if look, say the DC for this perception check is 15, and you have a person in your party whose passive perception is 16, it is a yep. waste of time to have. In my opinion, you sh- if you pa- if you choose to play, respect the passive perception, this person should yes. just see it. Yeah. They should just see yeah. it. Um, 100%. And honestly, you can have that for a lot of different scores. Passive deception. Like if the yeah. if the DC for this lie is below this person's passive deception, this person is already really just dis- like good at deceiving people. If their mm. passive deception, uh, for instance, my character Dwayne Fabulosa, when I guest start on on no small roles, essentially mm-hmm. his passive deception and persuasion were twenty. Yeah, I believe they were twenty. Yeah, if. If someone, if the DC for whatever I'm trying to do is not a 20 or higher, I shouldn't mm. have to roll. People yeah. should just believe me. 
Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Same yeah. thing with history. If if I'm not say uh, I'm I'm trying I'm like an expert in animal husbandry or whatever. If we're mm. using your expert rule, or even just in general, you just know a lot. Your character has really high history, and your your character's passive history for doing eight plus the modifier is like. Uh, uh, let's say it's a, pl- um, what is it? It's 16. Their passive mm. uh, history is 16. And it's like, it's a DC 14 check. Why are we having them roll? It's a waste of time. I think yeah, if, uh, yeah, I, I think I this, what I'm a, saying is with group checks, I've kind of gone on for a while, but in the case of group checks, if, yeah. if the, if it's, if the DC is higher than the highest passive person's, the highest person's mm. passive, excuse me, the highest passive score had by one of the players, then you should mm. probably just have that person roll. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And that, that, and I've seen some people as well go with the idea that you um, uh, you can't. So say I, I rolled a perception check, failed, because uh, like, it was kind of like for the group. Only a person who's then proficient in perception check can roll again, which I, I'm like that. That's also another version that kind of could work. Hmm. So the idea being that like the only way to double up is if you are proficient or ex- you have expertise yeah. in that certain thing. Um, uh, so it stops everyone from just you know spamming rolls basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I quite like that. I think yeah. that uh, it, it, and I think then it makes a nice distinction as well between the the kind of physical and mental stats because you then, I think there was the physical stuff is different because I think you have the other you have external factors that come into it like there's still obviously a a, uh you are very unlikely to fail at something if you are that good Mm -hmm. but there is at least still like you know something could break something could uh you You know like you could get distracted you know exactly so i think that there are certain there are certain elements and i think yeah i don't know if i'd employ this with all things or all checks or something but like Mm. i definitely feel like i feel i kind of feel like with I I kind of scale it up dependent on difficulty and dependent on like the moment. So like if you're just trying to get into a city and you want to deceive the guard, I'm, I would absolutely use like a, I would like now I think about it. Yeah, hundred percent. I just use like a passive deception. Yeah. Like if this is some master mind rogue whatever coming in with like some elaborate disguise, they've got a seal from whatever. There's yeah. just no way this guard's gonna buy like not if gonna any, buy it. Like if anything, the guard should have to roll to see if he is. That's able what I'm to saying. Be, with and yeah, with disadvantage potentially depending on the disguise and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think even at that point, I kind of go, yeah, I'm not gonna make anyone roll for this because yeah. that there's just there's just no way. Do you know what I mean? There's just no conceivable way. Obviously, if there is a way if that guard is actually like you know uh has been has worked there for sherlock 30 holmes. years the guard is or, sherlock, yeah, or holmes. Is sherlock holmes but like has an incredible amount of experience or whatever and 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 you know has been trained to spot a lie mm-hmm. would feel a bit like convenient yeah i think if i was a player on that i'd be like well, okay <laughs> they just happen to be an expert sure yeah but you know i'd be like yeah okay i'll let that happen I'll let, you know yeah uh, i'll let them you know have a roll off yeah, um, I think kind of like uh, an example that just came to mind is in Glorious Bastards when the mm. when when uh, Brad oh. Pitt and the bastards are trying to infiltrate the movie premiere. Is that one of the, the three? Is that what you're, oh no, you're, no, you're talking about the movie premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're trying to infiltrate the movie premiere and they're able to successfully like you have uh, Bridget von Heimersmark giving them the help action with mm-hmm, their deception mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. are just casually beating everybody except for Hans Landa whose passive insight is probably off the charts. Yes. Uh, and yeah, 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 as soon as yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he sees her, sees the whole thing, is like, 
that's interesting. Now, he doesn't immediately realize what's up until he actually walks over and hears them speaking. Hears them speaking and, and in what is like, not an Italian accent. <laughs> immediately <laughs> figures it out. Uh, I don't know if that dude needed to roll. I think, that, yes. I think they were desperately yeah, trying no to way. roll. Deception yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were failing horrendously. Horrendously. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's... I think I think what it comes down to, and like none of what I'm saying is hard and fast in terms of like different mm. rule applications. I don't think either of us are trying to be like you should do it this way. Yes, it must no, be done this way. <laughs> I think it's helpful to look at wisdom as understanding the world around you, and mm. intelligence as knowledge and things, and charisma as ability to affect people. I think that actually helps in terms of. I think that I think that makes more sense in terms mm. of like instead of saying charisma, you're hot. Like well, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, but I did, it's not even. I, I don't think it's like. Uh, um, it, I mean, it's, it absolutely has nothing to do with appearance. No. Like charisma has absolutely nothing to do with appearance. I think you can be, and you can be like an ugly person. You can be like a mean spirited, nasty person. I think what probably what is frustrating about the fact that people perceive charisma to be hot, the hot score, is the fact that out of the, all of the stats, that's the one I think that where you could have. Uh, people with maxed out charisma and be vastly different people. Yeah. Like, vastly, vastly different people. Like, other than, like, the other ones where I feel like, you know, if you are maxed out at strength, (laughs) like, you've probably dedicated a lot of time in your life to, like, (laughs) weightlifting. And do you know what I mean? Like, there's a very... Kind of, there's a path you have to go on in order to attain maximum strength. Yeah, in most cases. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Unless you, you of course, are just, like, from a species or... Or, you know, you're like a Superman who they're just inherently born with max right. strength. Do you know what I mean? Uh, which, again, in a D&D context, wouldn't happen, almost certainly, because we don't do yeah. ability scores and stuff like that. Um, but, like, I, there's so many people that I can think of that would be max charisma. And mm. they would be vastly, vastly different people. Vastly different people. Um, a lot of politicians would have very high charisma. Yeah, and a extremely lot of are, high charisma. In fact, I would argue that both Donald Trump and Barack Obama would have very high, high charisma. charisma. Uh, yeah. Very different people in in a lot of different ways. In a lot of different, very different, uh, very different uh, levels of attractiveness as well. Uh, dexterity. De- oh. Demeanors. <laughs> like vastly different people. Vastly different but both people. Extremely effective at what they're trying yeah. to do. It's actually quite funny. Mike uh, Jade always tells me she's like, "Oh, you make friends with everyone like really quickly. Mm. Um, like, how do you kind of do that?" Like, <laughs> I was like, "That's a really weird question because it's absolutely not something that I affect." Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do not ever go into a situation being like, "I'm going to make you my friend," <laughs> like because I'm not in the habit of like collecting people. Do right. you know what I mean? You will so. Be mine. You will be mine. I will make you my friend. Um, you know, I, I, I very much like just. I, I, I'm, I personally, I'm very interested in people. Like I'm very, I'm, and I think that is a valid way of playing high charisma. Do you know what I mean? Like I am just like excited by people and by social interaction and negotiating social interaction, and it's something that I think about a lot. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's a way of playing. I would say almost like. There are elements of my high charisma score which are a flaw, you mm. know, like in the sense that I 
I'm so aware of social situations. I get very anxious about offending people. Mm. I get I get twisted in knots about yeah. the idea of coming across as rude or Jimmy you know saying the wrong thing in a certain situation, and you know, like things like that. And so I would almost say like there's. There's so much involved, mm. I think, within charisma. I, almost to the point where I feel like, it, it, like I almost feel like there needs to be like a, a, a slight a separating or a subcategory or something, I just because it feels a lot. I have two you know, things to, inca- to say. Encapsulate I have two with, things within, to say on that yeah. topic in response to what mm. you just said. The first thing is uh, for those of you who haven't played, including you, Jasper, the game Disco Elysium. They have now released the full version, so you can get it. I think for all, even non-PC consoles now, which is awesome. Mm. But in that, in it's a, that's an RPG a dialogue-based RPG, and in that game, if your abilities get too good, they start to mess you up. So if you're too smart, you start mm. to, like, become, like, filled. It's you, the, Basically, the game starts to in, it push you in negative directions. And if you're, like, too wow, good, if yeah. your charisma score is too high, it starts to, like, encourage you to manipulate people. Because uh, you, you, you're, like, you're so good. It's like you have that ability. You know, might as well. I want this person to go over here. I'm going to just get him to go over there. And, like, but it's not. And then there's one where it's, like, you start to just straight up have a break with reality. Because, like, you have, mm. you, um, I think it's it's either, like, your intelligence or, like, your connection to the world around you. But you, like, you're, it, 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 depending, basically, it's extremes in any area mess you up. Uh, which yeah, is part yeah, of the yeah. game. Which I really enjoy. I love that. But the other thing, uh, definitely play Disco Elysium. It's great. Mm. Uh, But the other thing is one area that we haven't touched on, uh, which I think could open up a whole other area of conversation. There are uh, a lot of characters that should be good at certain things, but are not. Um, Specifically, uh, this is one example. Dogs should have really high charisma, but beasts in general have very low charisma. Low charisma, sure, uh, yeah. But bears, for instance, dogs, and quite a few uh, PCs who are, per se, very strong or very scary should be mm-hmm. extremely good at, say, Ooh. intimidation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Barbarians should be good at intimidation, but a lot of them, you know, for them, intelligence might be a dump stat or charisma might be a dump stat. If you have yeah. like an eight charisma, but you can break, you can bend metal bars. I feel like that should be scary. Yeah, yeah, regardless. yeah. It's almost like it's almost like you should have the ability to switch certain to skills exactly to substitute and like make it a strength based thing. Because I, I, I actually, this again, this is this is something I noticed in Pathfinder. You can do uh, you can do a thing where you can use different. What was it that, that there was an example that there was um, that uh, it was that you could instead of using. It was like basically like instead of using uh, like dexterity, you could use strength mm, for okay. a thing, um, which, again, I kind of feel like it makes sense. Right. Because yeah. if you're doing in some um, cases, in some cases, there are certain things where you go uh, um like yeah for that if you're a barbarian you're not going to intimidate someone with like um i don't know uh, words yeah you i know, mean you could gonna, but you you're going to punch a hole in the wall and say that'll be your head in a second <laughs> like do you know That's what i mean that would intimidate honestly, the hell out of me more intimidating in many cases than just somebody talking to you 
Yeah. <laughs> Unless the person is incredibly good at talking. It's, it's usually... And I don't think that requires a whole lot of, like, social knowledge or how no. to... Do you know what I mean? I don't think you you have to be some sort of, uh, you know, a social butterfly to figure mm. out, uh, uh, you know, if I if I crush something in front of them uh, yeah. uh, with my large, large hands, that that is going to intimidate someone. <laughs> or if, say, you're in a halfling kingdom and you have a minotaur with you, his passive mm. intimidation... Should be, be off the chart. This say uh, in my game, they, in the old game that I used to play, there was a six foot eight, three hundred and fifty pound minotaur in a kingdom of halflings. <laughs> yeah. I don't care, like unless you guys are trained knights. Yes, <laughs> yes, like yes, in a yes. Battalion. If you are civilians, yeah, in any way, you are scared. This dude's passive intimidation should have been insane, and he did eventually get good charisma. But like at first, his charisma was like a ten. Which doesn't, I, I agree with you. It, I think this is something that I would encourage people to play with is mm. being able to substitute different ability scores in place for specific skills. Maybe even propose it in a case by case basis. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, like, maybe uh, in a particular instance, you could say, um, uh, yeah, you could say, I'm going to punch a hole in the wall and scream as loud as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I use my strength stat? instead mm-hmm. to uh to to my intimidation yeah because otherwise it you otherwise you kind of get into a thing of like i do something with my strength say like i roll an athletics check to punch a hole in a wall which then gives me advantage on my intimidation check i feel like that's the way that like the, me- the mechanics would have you do it yeah but that and that's just like yeah, just roll one dice yeah just let them use the strength yeah just let them use the strength um and look I that think can have consequences of its uh, in and of itself if you're punching holes in walls in a say a place you an establishment you don't own now, yes. now you are potentially getting in conflict with the owner or you're getting a negative 100%. reputation around the town. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of different things that can yeah. that can happen there. There definitely is. Um, I think uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything um, that we should kind of use to close this out because I'm aware this is going to be another very long episode otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I think that my kind of overall thoughts on playing these these mental stats is that i don't think you need to feel like they they should never feel like they box you in i feel like if anything uh heightening these mental stats should feel like a liberating experience for Mm. you where you kind of go like i have more tools in my box to help me work through problems yes because ultimately mental stats are like more of a they're a problem solver not an action do you yes. know what I mean? You're like you do you're an action upon your mental stats. You you solve problems uh, with them, and you have just more tools to do so. So like for anyone who's intimidate intimidated by the prospect of playing a high any of these to be honest, because I think if you're anyone who is if you're not like we are like an actor or you know you're not someone who is uh, you know don't con- you don't consider yourself to be very intelligent. You mm. are by the or way very you're, wise. Or very wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that shouldn't feel like a, a gate for you to then not be able to play that kind of character, uh, not to play a badass wizard or something like that, because I think that there is options available to you and different ways of playing these stats mm-hmm. that, uh, that would make it a lot more accessible. Um, and yeah, and I think I would just encourage that. Plus also, I've now figured it out, Jeremy. I've mm. figured out the mechanical thing that I want to make. Okay. So allow you to go above 20... And when you go above 20, you get like a, like a, almost like a feet and you get like a floor as well. Okay. So like, 
strength, you could go to like a 22. Yeah. You you get like the feet of like, I don't know, charger. So like if anything's made of like less than, like if there's anything weaker than wood, you can like run through a wall or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you can't scratch your head because <laughs> you're, you're like, <laughs> you're traps are too big. Or, yeah. Yeah, or something like <laughs> or that. Like, or you accidentally or like you, or hurt you people. Or you yeah, or you take a penalty to dex or something because you're literally getting to a right. point where you're like, as a, a in your humanoid form, unless you can find a way to like elongate yourself, you know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, then you just physically aren't meant to be that strong. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, that's what I'm thinking. And then again, like you kind of said, like, uh, it, you know, like a uh, disco Elysium, you know, if you went above uh, 20 on intelligence, like the world starts to become a little bit too like binary for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you become, you turn you into start purple to, man. Like yeah, you, you start to lose kill a, grave you, and just are like, yeah, yeah, do this, do that, do uh, that. You lose it, like you start to lose concept of morality, and maybe I don't know, you um, you lose the ability to like do non-fatal, like do non-lethal damage or something. I don't know, yeah. like I mean, there could be something, it, but it's like something you, that you should talk about with the players. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, but but I that's that's my thing. I'm going to come up with some options for people because I really cool. like that idea, and I like the idea of being able to go past twenty because I feel yeah. like. Yeah, make a broken, make a broken um, character. But once you get to a I certain level, past that, once you get to a certain should, level, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be able to get. I think maybe like from ten upwards. I feel like you Ooh, could I start. I would go fifteen. I think fifteen. You reckon? I think it's well, you kind of. You could easily have maxed on certain things. I feel like but by ten, I'll meet you in the middle. Things, yeah. Let's say thirteen. Okay, let's say thirteen. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the fighter gets their third attack. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like that would be that would be fun, and then maybe that would encourage me to take ability uh, ability score improvements over feats again. Yeah. I would propose a a an incentive for me to go. Ooh, if I can get two more points in this, mm. I I unlock this, and then you get to play flaws. I think there should be more mechanical flaws as well introduced yeah. to uh, D and D. Um, I get why they don't do it for all players like they don't have it in the rules as explicit yeah things. but i feel like I it should be, be a more suggested options yeah but i feel like it should be something and again like you know i, I i'm a big i'm a big exponent of D D beyond purely mm -hmm. on the basis of that how much more accessible it makes the game for me mm -hmm. um as again someone who struggles with things like dyslexia or whatever who the idea of like writing all this stuff down on like a character sheet or mm -hmm. like trying to track my different abilities really overwhelms me and i know that i wouldn't be able to do it whereas D, &D beyond i can hit the feats tab and i'm i know that i think i've got a feat i hit the feats tab there it is do you know what i mean yeah. it's very very easy for me to negotiate um yeah, so I feel like that's why I kind of like, I always like, I'm a big exponent of trying to like get things that are like tangible, mm -hmm. like that you, that, that you can like roll or that it's there for you because I think it's about accessibility. And I think that, you know, it's a lot of stuff we talk about here. Like it's, it's all well and good. Um, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Uh, and it's my, 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 I'm thinking it's my, my new tagline. Mm -hmm. There is no point in diversity if you don't have inclusion. And I include that for mm -hmm. accessibility. Like if you don't, it, like there's no point in having diverse people uh, making things and doing things if it's not accessible for those people that it's meant for. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, like you need to be able to, so like the inclusion part for me is like the the language that you use mm -hmm. and the way that the work that thing is presented and that kind of thing. It's all well and good saying like, hey, we have an Africa based setting, but if people from Africa still feel like that's the wrong language is being used or yeah. the wrong, do you know what I mean? It's not ex it's not inclusive. Yeah. Therefore, it's pointless. So that di that diversity tick doesn't tick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. You haven't completed Maybe it. Maybe <laughs> sensitivity. Maybe that would be it. Diversity with sensitivity. Sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. 
Hey, I, uh, I, I, th- I agree with, uh, uh, with what you're saying. I think there's a lot of really cool ideas in there. Uh, I guess mm. for my, for my final summation, what's uh, your closing statement? Yeah, I would say, um, I think hopefully the basic understanding that we've given in this episode, because a, a lot of the, what we've talked about are like hypotheticals, w- different mm. ways to apply them, different ways to interpret them. I think if you have a base understanding of what these represent in game, then you can play around with them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, I think the, the part it's it's an intrinsic. Uh, there are people who complain that certain me- mechanics are not built into D anD D, and I understand that to a degree. That they're like, why are they uh, encouraging players to build this stuff? But that's also a part of the game. Is that they're yes. trying to encourage you to create things specifically for your table, and so I and think to not limit that as well. Yes, if, if you if they make it, then then DMs can then easily turn around and go, well, you know, yeah, because well, there's this, the rules. which. Yeah, um, that's annoying. Yeah. So, sorry, Carol. Um, and so what I would say is um, have I think it's worth uh, – have conversations with your players. DMs have this conversation with your players. Players have this conversation with your DM. I think not even like what we're talking about in terms of applying different abilities to help you with specific checks. You could just as easily say, okay, I want to roll my intelligence, my knowledge of mountain climbing to try and Mm. apply my theory to help me climb this wall. Um, Mm. And maybe like it or or, um, who was it? A really, really famous mathematician. uh, Was it you? Euclid? I can't remember who said, give me a lever long enough and a place to set it and I will move the world. Uh, mm. Like, essentially, like, that's an application of knowledge where, like, oh, yeah, if I have the the proper leverage here, I can lift mm. this. Sure. And so that would be, like, an application of intelligence to help you. What I'm saying, what I'm essentially encouraging is have conversations and be flexible in these areas. And don't feel mm. like you have to rigidly interpret it as just uh, charisma is always just you are a hot person who who wins people over. Uh, intelligence <laughs> yeah. is just you're a brainiac who spends all their time reading and researching and is basically your stereotypical nerd. Uh, mm. Wisdom is like you're one with all. You're a monk who just sits alone and like meditates all day. Like you, <laughs> these these can all have different applications. You could argue mm. that like for instance, Dragon Ball Z is an example. Uh, mm. Goku has very low intelligence in some areas, but really high intelligence when it comes to a fight and also really yeah. high wisdom when it comes to a fight. Oh, yeah. Like... Uh, his, his tactical intelligence is through the roof. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Captain <laughs> yeah. America would be another example, actually, mm. of somebody who has ex- incredible tactical knowledge and is not dumb, but, like, in terms of just asking him about science questions, it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I was in ice for 70 years. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't what's going on right now. Exactly. So I yeah. think I think that there's... Uh, all I'm encouraging is uh, be flexible with how you apply this stuff. Because it's it'll yeah. only make your game more fun. If you guys are willing, if everybody's in on it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and I think there's many, many a situational thing which it, it makes it very easy to imply that. Like, if it's, if you have Captain America in your squad and they want to roll some sort of history check mm-hmm. or uh, something to do with, like, tactics uh, or even a persuasion check maybe, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, on, like, planning out a battle strategy or something, they should probably be able to add their proficiency modifier because they would absolutely be proficient in it as, like, a minimum, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or or advantage or something because they just would know that stuff. Insight like, would it, definitely you know, affect your persuasion. 
Mm. Well, it potentially. It could, doesn't have to, but mm. it could. Your ability to understand people could definitely affect your ability to convince them to do things for you. That would be an yeah. example. Yes. As well. Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, well, we have chatted for ages. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining, I guess, two Black Halflings uh, yeah. today. Um, um, but uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it uh, nevertheless. This is, this is like and, the repeat um, of the pilot. This is yeah. This is like the pilot. good version of the pilot. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I I will find that pilot recording one day, and <laughs> like I said, it's gonna be like a ten thousand pound Patreon goal. Um, <laughs> speaking of, you can find our Patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. You can follow us on the Twitters, uh, Instagrams, and Facebooks at TB Halflings. And uh, please do not forget if you have liked this episode or any of our previous episodes, feel free to drop us a rating and a review because it really helps people find the show. Thank you very much. Have a great day, you brilliant, intelligent person. Yes. Your intelligence, you are intelligent because you're listening to the show. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you have a a high intelligence. Intelligence (laughs) is more than just knowing stuff in real life. Mm. It's just more than just knowing. Look up theories of of multiple intelligences. Uh, It's very interesting stuff. Uh, There we go. And on that very smart, uh, intelligent point, we will see you very soon. So long, Shire Shire folk. Folk. Yeah! That was a HeadGum Podcast.